1: No, just uh, obviously disappointed uh, in the game. Um, you know, trying to make some improvements in some areas, and we made some gradual improvement in the first half. Um, starting better, um, just having a fighting chance in the in the first uh, in the first half. Um, you know, we had some injuries. Uh, uh, we lost a guard in Vivens, and then obviously Clay got hurt. In the first half, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi had to come in and uh, really felt at halftime if we could rally, uh, we could really make it a game and and uh, be able to to compete and win in the second half. And obviously, we we didn't make the fourth down, and I felt like we could get get a yard there, um, you know, and then our defense couldn't hold them there after we turned the ball over there. You know, where do we go? You know, we got to make our each other accountable, go back uh, to the practice field and really just uh, continue to improve and give ourselves a chance uh, to pr- produce on game day. And so um, that was my message to the players. Um, you know, we got a bye week. Hopefully we can get some players back healthy. You know, the injuries we, we have had in the offensive line have really They've really handcuffed us and what we can do, and so um, you know we'll 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 try to get some of those guys back on the field. I haven't gotten any uh, word on what Clay's status is, um, so you know time will tell on that. We should get some more information on him in the next few days.
0: Welcome into another edition of the DNVR Rams Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. All right, another tough loss for CSU this weekend. It's late Sunday night. I just had an opportunity to rewatch the game. Uh, First things first, it was a really cool experience to be on the sidelines. Thank you to Ibaka TV for allowing me to cross something off my bucket list. That was awesome. Thank you to all of you guys for all the kind words about representing CSU and, and all of that. It definitely gave me a different perspective. It's a lot happening fast. I actually had to sprint a hundred yards down the sideline before my first live bit. I was totally out of breath, so I'm sure I looked like a dork the first time I was on camera. But all things considered, I, I felt like I, I felt like I responded pretty well with the interviews, and it was just really cool. It was really fun to be down there. I'd, I'd love to be able to be a part of some more Ivaca broadcasts in the future. So. We'll, we'll see what the, the future holds on that one. We obviously opened with some audio from Jay Norvell's intro statement during his presser there. Uh, the reason I played that, I thought he talked about a couple of key points, but I just felt like there were some really crucial turning points in this matchup, which turned it from you know a respectable game to just a blowout, a 41-10 loss at home. We'll talk about that. I'll give some takeaways and then I'll give some final thoughts just on this schedule and really the season moving forward. Before we dive into all that, if my voice is a little hoarse, it's it's been a long weekend, a lot of time in the sun. I got to see the Stanley Cup on Friday over at Breckenridge Brewery. Shout out to our awesome partner, Breckenridge. You know how much we love them. Then, you know, the game on Saturday, all day in the sun. And then uh, we had the DNBR tailgate and Broncos game tonight. Got to see a, a big Broncos win. That was always fun. It, it's great to have, you know, the home atmosphere be back. Uh, a little bit of a frustrating matchup, but came home, was still amped, so I figured I'd rewatch the game and uh, get this podcast done. And honestly, late night, you know, tired is, is when I do my best work anyways, because I don't overthink as much. I don't know if it's clear based on my Twitter, but I'm a, I'm a classic overthinker. But before we get into everything from this Sac State game, the NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlay. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts even bigger than ever, why would you want to bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on the stepped-up same-game parlay once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum in age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Before we talk about the game itself, I do need to get two things off my chest. I'm going to try not to rant or ramble too much here, but I want to start with just some really nasty behavior by a really, really small minority in the, in the fan base. There were some people in the stands yelling, you know, curse words, trying to get into it with some CSU players. These were CSU fans, I mean you know, getting into it with the players while they're trying to sing the alma mater song. And it's just absolutely pathetic. If you're going to do that shit, stay home. We don't want you. We don't want you in this fan base. That's just a line you can't cross. And what really bums me out is according to a couple of people on Twitter, people I respect and trust, it's not even the first time that it's happened this season. If you want to curse up a storm about how frustrated you are with your friends, I get that. But, you know, yelling stuff at the players, you know, getting into it with them, that's just that's not acceptable. It's really, really trashy behavior. And it reflects really poorly on us as a CSU community. We're better than that. And if you're in the stands and you see somebody pulling that crap, call them out on it. You know, I'm not saying get in a fist fight or anything like that. When I see people do that at stadiums, it's it's crazy. But, you know, don't don't let people act that way in our stadium. It's ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. But I'm going to move on because I'm I'm getting heated and I I think everybody gets the point. And again, I understand it's a small minority here. You know, the loudest jerks always get the most attention. I know that, but that's just unacceptable. Um, The other thing I want to talk about is just my frustration with the fact that, you know, back to back years, CSU has had an elite level FCS team on the schedule Ultimately, you got to win no matter who you're playing. I get it. I'm not making excuses. I made the same point when they announced it. I made this point in the summer. I made this point now. This isn't just because they lost. There truly is no, you gain nothing from this game. If you're CSU, it's all risk, no reward. They're a tremendous football program. And again, you know, I I understand some people are listening to this. They're going to say sour grapes. It is what it is. Sac State would legitimately beat three-fourths of the Mountain West. I don't even think it's that bold to say they could potentially win the conference. Now, some of that has to do with the fact that the Mountain West is pretty down bad this year, like really just not good. And even some of the top teams are, are struggling with injuries at the moment. But Sac State is really good. I had to do way more prep on them than I typically do with opposing teams just because, you know, for the TV broadcast, you have to have, you know, a 50-50 perspective Wanted to be able to talk about them you know, if needed. And this is a group that's played a lot of football together, you know, going all the way back to 2019. That's huge. They're well-established. They're physical. They've got good athletes. And Troy Taylor is an innovative coach, man. He, I love seeing what he's doing for a program like Sacramento State. That's his, you know, community. It's awesome. I'll be shocked if somebody doesn't swoop him up very soon, though. He's a brilliant football coach and Sacramento State was favored in this game for a reason. They came in with a ton of confidence, but the truth is, you know, like even though they are a good football team, if you beat them, nobody's going to give you the credit you deserve. And when you lose, it, it feels a million times worse than if you lose to a G5. And I think that just has to do with how the the country views it and you get made fun of and you can, you know, bring up all of this, you know, I I can try and drill these points home and home and talk about how good of a program Sac State is and how good South Dakota State was last year but it ultimately doesn't matter it, it it just feels terrible when you get punched in the teeth like this by a program that is supposed to be inferior but in reality they're not like i think Sac State is better than Middle Tennessee Middle Tennessee looks pretty good now too you know they beat Miami today on the road but you know, losing big to Sac State, it just feels worse, and it just it has to do with perception because of FCS versus FBS. But again, you know, I come back to the point of why play this? The only FCS team that CSU should ever play is Greeley, and even then, it shouldn't be all that often. You know, two three times a decade, okay. Playing a local team makes sense. Getting a, a massive paycheck from going on the road to play a P five makes sense. Although, you know, you could argue that. The downside of that in a season that's only 12 games long, as well, playing teams like Montana, Montana State, Sacramento State, that doesn't make sense if you're CSU. It just doesn't. Like, you're going to lose a decent amount of times and you're going to get mocked for it. And even if you beat a a really good, talented, you know, well coached team, nobody's going to give you credit. You know, Troy Taylor, the Sac State head coach, got asked point blank before the matchup. If he were an FBS coach, would he want to schedule an FCS team? And, you know, he had to be careful with what he said, obviously, because, you know, he does coach an FCS team and they need those games. But he just kind of smirked and was like, I'd be careful who you schedule, that's for sure. So that's my two cents. Appreciate you guys letting me ramble. Again, this really is not trying to come off as sour grapes. I like this Sac State team a lot, have a lot of respect for them. But I just, I don't understand... I don't understand why you play it, like unless you just genuinely could not get any other game, but there's so many options. But let's move on. Let's talk about the game. Real quick, the most rewarding thing about DNVR is seeing the connections made through our listeners in this community. Green Mountain Dental is an OG partner of ours and a major Colorado sports fan. They've been a supporter of DNVR since the very beginning. We've had countless fans and our own staff convert to Green Mountain Dental and never look back. Located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver in Lakewood, CSU alum Dr. Ben and his team have you covered from general dentistry, like regular cleanings, orthodontics, such as removing those pesky wisdom teeth, and everything in between. And what's cool is Green Mountain Dental actually has a few offers for the DNVR fam. If you tell the team that DNVR Sports sent you, you can get a $300 discount for a full orthodontics treatment for new patients. If you mention DNVR Sports, you can get a uh, set of bleach trays, a $350 value with a new patient cleaning, exam, and x-rays. Lastly, for all the hygienists out there, Green Mountain Dental is hiring. Full and part-time positions are available. They are willing to work with your schedule, as well as offering a great benefits package with healthcare and PTO. To make an appointment or find out more information, check out their website, greenmountaindentalgroup.com today. Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's get into this uh, matchup with Sacramento State. Obviously, another tough one, 41-10 loss on Ag Day. I remember when CSU was still undefeated in the orange, and you felt invincible. That was a long time ago, though. You know, Jay kind of alluded to this in his intro presser and in that audio that I played. I just felt like there were a couple of turning points. You know, you give up a touchdown early, but you respond with a field goal. And ultimately, you know, I they ran it a couple times in the red zone after a shot play got him down the field. They're handicapped by this offensive line, guys. They're trying to alleviate some of the pressure. But after going down 14-3, CSU goes three and out, and Clay Millen got sacked by Marte Mapu, really really talented nickelback. and a, a gas defense has to go back on the field. They get it um, like in CSU territory after a 44-yard punt return, and it was just like everything compounded. You know, like you're down 14-3, then you go immediately go three and out. You get sacked on third and three. Your quarterback, Clay Millen, gets injured on the play. You punt. They have a massive return. And now your gas defense has to defend a short field. Two plays later, it's 21-3. You know, due due to the struggles of this offense, as well as, you know, pretty inconsistent or, you know, really just poor special teams play, the defense has been put in a lot of bad spots this year, just time and time again. And it's, it's not that they aren't, you know, without fault or, you know, aren't deserving of criticism at times too. But, you know, I think they've taken a lot of heat from the fans for some of the points that they've given up and just, I mean, constantly teams are taken over at midfield or, or better. You know, a couple of times Sac State had the ball in CSU territory when they started and you're just, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to win very often when your defense has to defend short fields that consistently. And then just kind of off of that, obviously Millen going down impacted the game as well. I did think Braden went went in and did some nice things. I'll talk about that here momentarily, but it's just it's the little swings in a game that ultimately break it open. And, you know, you get a big shot play and get into the red zone, and instead of scoring a touchdown, you have to kick a field goal. You know, after going down 14-3, you go three and out. You know, you put your gas defense back on the field, you give up a big punt return. It just adds up. And then, you know, even after that, the Rams go three and out on the first series with Braden Fowler-Nicolosi in there. The Hornets take over on their own 40 after another not-so-great punt. Jack Howell, though, he's able to get an interception. This guy just continues to ball out. 12 more tackles for him in this one. Another pick and a forced fumble. The TV angle didn't do the, the interception justice because you only see him kind of when he's in position, make the play, but he just he covered a ton of ground to get in position. He read the quarterback all the way, you know, Dunaway's rolling out, trying to escape the pressure. Howell puts himself in position to make a play, and he does it. You know, we need more of that from the defense and and some of these other guys. After that pick, though, the Rams get some, you know, life, and CSU takes advantage. You know, a massive shot play over the top, Braden Fowler-Nicolosi, his first career touchdown pass, 52 yards to Torrey Horton. Beautiful throw, steps up in the pocket, you know, with the kind of collapsing around him, drops a dime. And at that point, you know, you're not feeling great, but you feel like you're, you could still be in it. CSU does give up a field goal before the half. You know, again, you know, another small play that just kind of adds up. Instead of being down 11, you're down 14. But the Rams get a stop. You know, Sack State receives the ball in the second half. You get a stop. You've got a shot. You go for it on fourth and one. Unfortunately, Ajon Vivens fumbles. They take over at the CSU 32. Defense once again in a brutal spot, having to defend a short field. Sack State scores another touchdown. And from there, they pretty much just suffocated CSU. I mean, they had the ball the entire second half. So it was a tough one. I understand why fans are frustrated, but there's you know four or five key moments in this one. That turn it from being a one-score game in the third quarter, or potentially, you know, a one-score game in the third quarter if you can go down the field and, and score there, you know, to a, a blowout loss, and that's just how football works. Sac State had a couple of breaks go their way for sure. You know, I felt like one of the pass interferences on on third down was ridiculous that kept a drive alive. They ultimately go down and score a touchdown on that one. That was the the tipped ball interception too. So or tipped ball touchdown that was nearly an interception it was just one of those days though you know just felt like anything that could go sack state's way did and you know i don't know Norvell said post game sometimes you've just you got to create your own luck a couple more takeaways here i understand why folks have been flustered with the offense it's it's been not fun to watch they're just they're significantly handicapped with what they can do with the state of this offensive line it was already a tough spot coming into the year injuries have have made it even more challenging they're trying to alleviate some pressure on these quarterbacks especially in coverage scenarios if you listen to the interview i had with Matt Mummy last week you know they talked about that a lot they have to be able to do that but they have not been able to run the football at all they have no rushing touchdowns this year you know, the, the quick game, the quick passing game, which is essentially an extension of the the rushing attack in an offense like the air raid that hasn't worked. You could see how frustrated the coaches are with that. You know, Norvell told me coming into the second half when I'm on the sideline, you know, that it's unacceptable to take losses in the quick game and they're doing it consistently. So, I mean, they're trying, but it's, it's kind of like a situation where. There's only so much you can do if you can't pass protect and you can't create any traction in the run game, especially when they're in coverage, because then they're just going to get pressure and they're still going to be able to drop back. And it just puts you in a brutal spot. I mean, it is what it is. Obviously, it's it's up to these coaches to figure it out. But just being realistic about the situation, honestly, I, I don't know what they're supposed to do on the fly, especially with all these injuries, and you're playing different groups every week. The bye week is is obviously here at a much needed time. Uh, we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation. Clay couldn't throw without pain on the sideline. I was right there when that decision to go to Brayden happened. You know, Brayden's a solid athlete for sure. He, his escapability is a big reason why he shot up the depth chart. He obviously has a ton of arm talent. You know, whether it's it's him, you know, getting an opportunity to get more reps with the ones over these next couple of weeks or Clay just getting a chance to be healthy and for everyone, you know, to, to just get their mindset ready for what's going to be a really, really, really hostile environment, you know, in Reno for the conference opener. It, it's It's a big two weeks, you know. At this stage, I would say that the non-conference slate was significantly more challenging than most anticipated. The Mountain West slate looks a lot easier than most people thought as well. We'll see what happens. Um, we're pretty much at the long-term view stage of this season. I mean, it, it's unlikely that the Rams are going to win six games, obviously. So really, it's it's about growth. I'm hopeful for some com- competitive showings throughout conference play. You know, it's a chance to build some momentum going into the next year. Norvell was able to do that in his first season at Nevada after starting 0-5. You know, see a similar situation with McElwain in his first year. He won the first game against CU. Then they lose six or seven straight. They're able to respond, win a couple at the end. Wyoming looks really tough. At least you get them at home. You know, Utah State, Hawaii, they've looked pretty pretty bad. Boise State's struggling, so who knows there. San Jose State looks like they figured their stuff out. New Mexico looks a lot better. That's not a gimme. That is a realistic goal to keep the winning streak alive, especially because that's the season finale. Hopefully you're able to do some things well and we're able to see the offense click in a a couple of different ways by then. But we shall see. Uh, A couple of guys are looking like all-conference players right now. Torrey Horton, you know Jack Howell, Mo Kamara, CJ Onyeki. Those guys have been great. Uh, Daquan Jackson had a great game today. He's been solid this year. Chiggy's been solid in coverage. I mean... It's not like guys, you know, have not flashed their talent, but it, you just need far more consistency, and they, they got to stop putting the defense in such bad positions. You need more consistency out of your special teams, whether it's Morrow or, or David Bailey or, you know, Vivens, whoever it is, or, or one of the young guys, Jalen Thomas. You know, I thought he did some nice things as a receiver against Washington State, and, you know, he didn't do much. I'm not sure if he was banged up or not, you know, they got to get it going out of the backfield help these quarterbacks out but in, until they get this o line situation figured out it's it's going to be tough i mean i have been told by some of these coaches that they like you know some of the young guys that they have on campus but they're just not ready you know physically we'll see but i think everybody's pretty desperate for a win at this point you know a feel good moment you need those even in rebuilding years you know you need those moments of where you break through and you just you get to you get to see that the progress is working. You know, going back to the gym analogy, you gotta get those breakthroughs every now and then. Where it's hard to stick with it, and that's just human nature. And that goes, you know, for the guys in the locker room, but really the fans too. I mean, you see all the positives that the staff is doing. They're recruiting great. They have a track record of success. They've engaged the community in ways we haven't seen in forever. But you know, it still matters. You know, you gotta win. You gotta get some results on the field or ultimately all that other stuff. It it just kind of, it rings hollow. You know, it just doesn't make the same impact. So we'll see again. I think it's about the long-term view at this point, still very much believe in what this staff is capable of doing. And I think there's some talent on this team, but there's just, there's gotta be a far more consistent effort in, in all three phases of the game. So that's all I have for this weekend. We'll have more content throughout the week. Got a couple of features ready to rock. I fell a little behind on some of the writing stuff just with all the TV prep I had to do. But I'm excited to get this stuff out for you. Again, much love to everyone. Shout out to Ivaca TV for letting me be on the broadcast. I appreciate both schools for giving me the opportunity as well. And I have a course shout out to all of you. I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the bye week. You know, Nice mental reset. Maybe we'll still be talking CSU. But uh, I think the bye week's probably good for all of us, too. All right, that's all I've got. Much love, y'all. Peace.